Well, it's Randy Tobler in this morning for Gary Nolan on this Thanksgiving week. And uh, glad you're with us. It's, uh, it's, it's really fun to be with you. It's already feeling very holiday-ish, isn't it, Brian? I'm telling you, man. It certainly is. It's uh, got that feel in the air. It does. Well, let's see if uh, soon-to-be Senate Majority Leader and currently the floor leader of the Missouri Senate, Caleb Rowden, is feeling in the uh, holiday mood. How you doing, Caleb? Thanks for being with me. Good. Good to be here. It's cold. I know that. It's cold, yeah. <laughs> hey, I know that uh, we just had a very uh, uh, close election for the floor majority, your present position, and uh, Cindy yeah. O'Loughlin up in Shelbina, my former digs, um, you know, took that over. So uh, how is the leadership? Uh, can you Do you mind going over for folks who may not know sort of how the sausage making, starting with the selection sure. of leader? How does that all work? How's that all work? Yeah, so so, so my my ho, ho, soon to be position president of the Senate is is the uh, is voted on by both functionally is voted on by both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, generally, I, I, you know the, the the group who has the majority is going to uh, win, and so we have our internal caucuses, which we, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had that uh, here in Jefferson City, and uh, I I uh, won the president's race. Uh, unopposed, there was a three-way race for, uh, or excuse me, a two-way race for majority leader, and as you said, Cindy Laughlin won that. So, I, I, as the president of the Senate, I'll be responsible for uh, naming committee chairmen, uh, determining where where bills are referred, uh, determining which bills come in uh, to be put on the calendar, and then once they get on the calendar, uh, then Cindy will uh, take those bills and um, and and get them on the calendar, get them to the floor. She has, um, you know, influence over how long how long y- you take to, to uh, get a bill done. If you've got a, uh, you know, if you if you have a filibuster, how long you're going to endure that filibuster, and you know all those various things. So uh, it's uh, she, she and I have known each other for actually for a long time before uh, before she got into politics, certainly, and and I think she's going to do a great job. Well, I'm really I'm really looking forward to this, and I know that. Um it was interesting. Bill Eigel, who was a member of the now disbanded conservative caucus, said Caleb's message was getting big Republican things done. And that's a great message. It seems as though there really is some momentum towards more of a consensus caucus <laughs> this year. And I know that uh, Cindy, I think, may embody sort of that in terms of her trajectory. Right. She was a member of that caucus for a while and then said, oh, I'm going to be my own person. But she still brings right. a lot of those very um highly principled conservative things as i know you have but um, yeah, it's yeah. an interesting yeah, it's an interesting uh, uh trajectory she's had i think that's going to serve you and the republicans well yeah cindy you know as you said uh, was in the group uh, decided to get out of the group i think she didn't you know love the the tactics and and some of the, the verbiage that was used about uh, her Republican colleagues, and 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 certainly has been willing. Uh, you know, one of Cindy's greatest greatest strengths that's a strength almost all the time is she's just willing to be, uh, willing to be straight with you. You know, uh, and and so she's been willing to to call out <clears throat> either side when mm-hmm. you know when when they've not been doing things that she thinks was in the best interest of the party right. and the best interest of getting conservative stuff done. So yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting. It's an interesting time, an interesting moment, and you know, I told everybody in caucus, my my, I've only had two years left. This is the the culmination of my legislative career, and so you know, for me to care more about trying to get even with someone personally than uh, accomplishing these big things would be foolish of me. And, and frankly, anybody who knows me knows it's not who I am. And so we're gonna 
we're going to put our heads down and work hard and get some stuff done. Yeah, that's good. And I think all of us that have been watching this as observers, and of course, Monday morning quarterbacks not being there, that's always a dangerous thing. And I apologize <laughs> in advance if I'm guilty of that. I try not to be. Try to be a truth teller and, uh, you know, look at all sides of the issue. I think it's, it's, a, it's a great, great olive branch uh, for Bill Eigel and others to say, hey, we're going to stand down with still, you know, uh, some accountability on, 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 I think that the, the frontline folks or the non-leadership folks need to have uh, respect for leadership and accountability. But you too just said it. You're, you're not looking out for vengeance and retribution. Let's get together and get some things done. So what do those things look like? Yeah, so, you know, we, we just got back from our fall caucus uh, last week, which was the first time that all all uh, of the returning members and the new folks, the folks that technically aren't, aren't sworn in just yet, uh, were together, uh, all 24 of us. And uh, we had a great, great couple of days down in Branson. Uh, we talked about a lot of things. You know, we, we um, are uh, continue to be interested in, and we kind of the, the continuation of the end of session last year trying to figure out, um, you know, some education reform, some school choice, some parental, um, uh, you know, opportunities for, for parents to be more involved in their kids' education that could, um, you know, that could come in the form of, of CRT-related type stuff, curriculum accountability, those sorts of things. But generally speaking, just, you know, I've said this a million times, the thing that COVID, I think, exposed and, and, and kind of just moved further down the track faster than it was going to otherwise was just the idea that parents really – um, don't don't have as much choice and as many opportunities for their kids as they should, and so it's a, that's a, a, a something that we've been fighting for for a long time. Hopefully, we can do more there. Uh, I, I don't think the transgender issue is going away, so we've got to figure out how to navigate that in our in our state. Um, you know, I think IP reform is something that uh, a lot of us are interested in. I don't want to take away. Uh, me personally, and there's different, uh, I think people have different views of how we should reform the IP process. I don't want to take away, and I actually don't want to make it any harder for, um, you know, something to, to be put on the ballot from a grassroots perspective. But I do think now our Constitution, certainly with the with the uh, addition of the 30-some-odd pages relative to uh, Amendment 3 and the marijuana uh, that just passed, I, I think our Constitution is kind of a mess, and I think it should be harder I think there should be a higher bar threshold-wise for something to get in the Constitution. And so, um, you know, we're exploring things relative to adoption, relative to uh, foster care, you know, just how we can make the lives of families and kids better in our state. So I, I think all those things are on the table and then a bunch of other things that we probably uh, probably don't quite see just yet. Yeah, and you mentioned IP. That's the initiative petition process. And I think a lot of folks on all sides of uh, the, the spectrum are concerned about the fact that we're getting more and more um, more and more issues that are embodied in the Constitution are embedded now that you really can't yep. tweak. And, and how many times in any aspect of our life do we, in major decisions, major things, do we get it perfectly right the first time, right? right. <laughs> and you've yeah. taken it out. Yeah, these, put, these measures <laughs> take it out of the, the legislature's hands, and that's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about that with abortion. I really am. I'm yeah. afraid that if we well, don't, if you guys don't tweak this this rule at, to protect good pro-life doctors who want to do the right thing, that uh, an, an IP process may make it legal right up until the day before birth, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that, you know, we the, the, the thing that Republicans, Republicans don't always um, uh, may, maybe need to be a little bit more self-reflective relative to some of these things that are put on the ballot. Uh, and, and, you know, is it, is it possible, you know, clean Missouri to some degree was a, a response to the legislature not doing anything meaningful in the area of ethics reform, something that I pushed really hard when I was in the house, partly because 
I knew that that was coming, uh, and and certainly it did. Now we were able to kind of undo that with a mm-hmm. uh, with something on the uh, the next couple of years. But you know, I think Republicans have to be at least uh, self aware enough to know. Okay, you know, are we going to do are we going to do really liberal stuff or really progressive stuff just to stand in the way of it to get it done our way? Well, no, no. But maybe there but there is some stuff we can do, uh, you, you know, to to try and sidestep some of this. But at the end of the day, so it's become from my my perspective, it's the combination of the two things: us being uh, you know, a little bit more aware of what our constituents are telling us relative to the things that they're interested in, not just to think the things that we think they should be interested in, but then also uh, making sure that if something's going in the Constitution going forward, um, that it, you know, probably the 50 plus one thing, um, you know, we, we may need to take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. Talking with Caleb Brown, uh, the incoming Senate majority leader come January and currently the floor leader. Uh, let's let's go back to the education thing. I mean, I've I've talked with on several occasions with uh, people from Show Me Institute about, and Susan Pendergrass there has done a, a, a lot of work on, you know, uh, school choice and having, yeah. and, and the, the, I guess, uh, tactically speaking, having the money follow the kid, right? And yeah. boy, Arizona has just made some just smashing advances in that. And I guess is it West Virginia now has followed um, Virginia or West Virginia. What's the possibility that maybe not in one felled swoop, but gradually we get to the place where people that are paying taxes can then get their money back in a voucher to where they can take their money where they need to go with it and let uh, school, let them have real choice. Is there, is that off in the offing or not? Yeah, well, I I certainly hope so. I mean, it's my, it's my main and and generally probably only priority that, you know, that, that I get up and, and, and think about when I'm thinking about what I want to do before I leave. Uh, you know, two years ago, we, we established the ESA uh, program in the state, which was a good first step. Uh, last year, we uh, did some stuff to ensure that charter schools in St. Louis and Kansas City are, are, are getting properly funded uh, and, and not losing out on some, some local dollars. Uh, so we've we've kind of be, begun the process of starting to rip off the Band-Aid. There's still a lot more to do, and I, I think the uh, kind of what we were talking about before, just the general change in, in feel, and I say this all the time, in Columbia, Columbia is certainly a, a very pro-public uh, education uh, town, supports their, their local public schools, you know, votes for basically every tax increase that exists, uh, you know, relative to public schools, and that's the choice that the local folks make, which is perfectly fine, but I, I, I've heard and I've seen firsthand, uh, you know, post-COVID, just a lot of, of, of parents that probably voted for a lot of those things are saying, hey, wait a second, you know, I think my, my ability to have the, the right level of, of, of choice relative to the accountability that we're able to provide for the schools, the public schools, th- those two things aren't adding up. They're not, not lining up the way that we want them to. And so, you know, we're going to keep going down that road. We're going to keep pushing. I think ultimately the idea would be, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, work around the edges a lot relative to CRT and, you know, some of these other things, the answer to every educational issue and educational problem is just to give parents the choice. If they want to send their kids to a public school, that's absolutely fine. If they feel like they're getting the the, the best bang for the buck or lack thereof in that scenario, then go for it. But if there's a a parent who thinks that for whatever reason, they'd like to send their kids somewhere else, they should be able to do that. And they shouldn't only be able to make that decision if they have the personal resources to do it. And so that's what we're trying to get to. It's going to take some time. And that's why, you know, a couple of years ago, we decided, 
hey, let's take the, the let's take the bites at the apple as we can get them, and we've taken a couple pretty significant ones. So we're going to keep going down that road. It's it, it, we're going to I'm going to fight that fight till the day they they kick me out of this place. Well, sure. that's boy, that's really gratifying to hear. I, I I wish you well in that, and I I think you'll have tons of support. I really do. I think this is going to be an initiative that uh, if you can keep those uh, if you can keep those cats herded there in the Senate, you and Cindy, <laughs> why I think that'll happen. Finally, uh, okay, studios of. Um, 93.9 The Eagle, KWS uh, Radio 950, and down in Springfield, KWTO, uh, the, the parent company. I'm sitting in those studios, and I, we hear Brian Houseworth reporting on crime committed by people that, by any objective standard, Caleb, would be people that seem to be non-rehabable people, career criminals. And they've either gotten out early or they, they never got a, the proper, it, proper, my words, sentence in the first place. Is there anything we can do? Is there any way that the legislature can agree on a threshold? Once you've had two domestic assaults, uh, a gun crime, uh, uh, three larcenies, and a partridge in a pear tree, at some <laughs> threshold, you're just going to be locked up because we can. And I know taxpayers would pay for it. This this law and order thing with with the the revolving door has to stop. Is there anything you can do or want to do about it? Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a big question. It's one that probably has about thirteen answers. I think a couple of things that we have uh, tried to do here, um, uh, and and I'll get to the local element of this in a second. But what we've tried to do here is, you know, I, I am interested as a person of faith and as a person who believes in second chances. I'm always interested in trying to find ways to offer grace when when it's possible. And so we've tried to figure out ways to. Uh, further separate in state law relative to sentencing guidelines, the differences between nonviolent offenders and violent offenders. Um, and, 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 you know, I think we've gotten that right most of the time. I think the biggest issue that you're dealing with now, and it's happening in these big cities, and it's been an intentional effort from, from uh, all across the country, is there's people just, they're just not prosecuting um, these, these criminals. And so you saw, you know, I'm, I, and I'm only, I've only read this this morning, but the, uh, the shooting in, in Colorado Springs was from somebody who was well-known by the police uh, and, and apparently was a part of some bomb threat uh, just maybe 12 to 18 months ago. Um, the, the proper channels, the proper things didn't happen, and so this person who clearly has uh, issues and is a danger to themselves or obviously a danger to people around them, they're able to just continue to walk the streets and do these things. So, you know, the the, the idea now, I think we, we went through this season of, of public policy where we, we wanted to get smart on crime, which I think is, is a noble objective. Uh, I think we're moving back toward a scenario where, um, you know, we can distinguish between violent and nonviolent. And those violent folks, um, I, I think we need to throw the book at them. I think you're going to see a, 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 I think you're going to see a push uh, in Jefferson City and around the country uh, to make sure that those violent folks, kind of to your point, um, you know, they, they 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 may get one chance at redemption, but if they don't uh, if if they don't take that chance when it exists, then you know there are going to be much much tougher consequences. These guys are just yep. the guys and gals are doing what they're doing because right. they they feel like there's no consequences. I hear you, and I'm thankful for your um, resolve on everything from education to uh, crime, law and order, and I'm appreciative of your work, hard work you're going to do in the coming up session. And I hope you'll join I us to, uh, both on Gary's show, Brandon's show, my show. I'll ask in behalf of all of us to keep us updated as things are moving along. Thank you so much, Caleb. Yeah. And the best to you and your family this Thanksgiving.
You as well. All right. There he is, Caleb Rowden. Your thoughts on Caleb's appearance this morning on The Gary Nolan Show, 573-874-9390. Give me a call. I like what I heard. Did you? 1125 on The Gary Nolan Show. Randy Tobler in for Gary. So I'm really looking forward to Thursday, Brian. Are you? Oh, man. What, it's a, it's it's a you're once, talking about the dinner. It's portion, a once right? a year yeah. event. Well, uh-huh. you know, I'm a foodie. I can't yeah. help it. My wife just—it's her she fault. She go all out. I'm a victim. I mean, I'm a victim of her culinary expertise. Okay, she's one good cook. So does she start cooking now? No, and you know, put stuff away to where she can heat it up because you can't do it all at once. Come on. Well, it the, takes a long time to cook stuff. You know, the girls are in. That's why I said I, I, right? I, I was late for a for a segment because I had to get some coffee. I just, after all the socializing last night, I was so sleepy. I got coffee, and by the time I got back, I couldn't make it. Um, because so a, a while ago, you were talking about foods that uh, you just don't I, like yeah. at Thanksgiving. And so we were taking some heat for oh, it. Oh, you uh, guys took heat last so. week. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about, you know, food that you'd rather not eat during thanksgiving and one of them was cranberries for me and somebody called up and it's like what are you guys talking about food that you don't like for it's like geez calm down well, it's my, not that big of a deal my daughter in from north carolina started asking the big question last night because my, my wife had bought a she wasn't going to do turkey this year i don't know she right. saw she saw some old julia child's rerun or something we talked about friday on the show when she was in talking about immune health because she's uh, she's also a holistic health gal and and I'm fine with turkey. I like turkey. I'm a traditional guy. That's fine. She bought duck. So she was going to make duck. So I don't know how two ducks are going to are going to feed everyone now that's in, but we're going to make it work. Anyway, my daughter was going around, you know, the the sofa asking like everyone, what is your favorite thing so I can make sure that we have it because mm-hmm. my daughter does that. She's yeah. the organizer. She's the peacemaker. She's the middle child. That's what the middle child does. And and I, once a year, I get homemade mashed from the mashed potatoes. But they, Oh, those are great. Oh, they doll them up with bacon and yep. butter. Oh, my God. I just, and I think even maybe some sour cream in there. I don't know what they do. I could just sit there and eat the potatoes. <laughs> the heck, I don't care yeah. if it's duck or ham I'll or McDonald's. The rest. Just I give could me be the... McRib. I don't care. <laughs> just give me the... <laughs> So I get that. What's your? Do you have a favorite that you want to see? Probably au gratin potatoes. Ah, scallops, something like that. It's like yeah. the more cheese and garlic, the better. Yeah, yeah, that's I'll, good. I'll devour that forever. Now, the one thing I don't like that a lot. And boy, I caught heck. Who was it? Was it Hannah? Now, someone was telling me the other day that um, I, I don't like the I don't like the the yams with the with the yeah with the, I don't with the marshmallow on top. No, that that just doesn't cut it for me. And the cranberries, I can do without those. Mm. But you, the green bean casserole, oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone told me they didn't too. like that. With the with yeah, the, I've heard a couple of people say that. Yeah. It's like, wow, yeah. I'm, that's surprising. But okay. And I always swear on Monday of Thanksgiving week that I am not going to overindulge. And I also eat those words literally by you know two o'clock mm-hmm. that afternoon. Yeah. It's all over. But um, so I don't know. My wife's going to make crispy duck, and we'll have to see. Have to see how it all works out. Are you, are you hosting this year? Or are you going somewhere? Uh, no, we're staying home. You're staying yeah. home. So. And okay. so, yeah, everybody will chip, be chipping in as far as, you know, preparing different, you know, uh, selections here and there. Turkey's up, tw- what did we see, 28%. We were talking about it earlier. Uh, yeah, it's or 21 percent. It's, it's a lot more expensive. So the average 16-pound bird is going to cost, this is nationwide, is going to cost 
what, 20, I don't know, 29 bucks. Man, I just, this inflation thing is eating us alive. But I hope at least we can take a week and be thankful that, for the most part, people are still having some savings from, you know, pandemic. And I guess that's working out okay. So, hey, I want to talk some uh, some politics when we come back after the break here at the bottom of the hour. And, and play a little bit of Mike Pence's stuff. Pence... Well, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know, Pence or Barr. It's either going to be Mike Pence or Bill Barr. Those are the two topics we're going to cover in the Gary Nolan Show before I, Randy Tober, leave you today. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. We'll be right back. This is the Gary Nolan Show. So, Brian, clip one. Clip one. Not one B. One. From, uh, I, I want to play something for you guys. I'm Randy Tober, by the way, if you're just joining us on uh, the Gary Nolan Show here on Thanksgiving week. Gary taking a well-deserved break and recharging for uh, what will be uh, a lame duck session. I know there'll be a lot of politics going on and a lot of lamenting that things didn't turn out better than they did in the midterm because uh, the Democrats are going to have a better control of the Senate the way things are going in that runoff election. That said, um, I admire principled people, even if I disagree with them. Well, in this case, I happen to agree with Mike Pence. And the principled stance he took. But I want you to listen to what... He had a long interview with Chuck Todd from Meet the Depressed the other day. And Chuck Todd asks a question that cryptically we actually and often fall into a trap in answering. But take a listen to the question and then we'll go through and break this interview up into a couple clips. We'll play number one first. Take are, are you comfortable with the idea of essentially government-mandated pregnancy? Somebody doesn't want this child, doesn't want this pregnancy to, to go through. You're now advocating a law that essentially the government is ordering you to go through with this pregnancy. Are you comfortable with a government mandate like that? The folks in Kansas were not. Our founding documents, they were endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. And the first one mentioned is life. And I think government exists to protect life, particularly defenseless life. So, Chuck Todd, at the beginning of that clip, says that he, he asked the question, if someone doesn't want that pregnancy, <clears throat> well, it really is going to come down to a, to a matter of, in terms of this government and its role in this whole issue about how to manage human life, Hey, Brian, Brian, is amoeba, yes, uh, and I'm just asking this on a, on a logical perspective. I'm gonna, can you see my pointy ears like Mr. Yeah. Spock? Can you see the pointy ears? <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling about abortion, okay? But I'm asking from a logical perspective. Is amoeba life? Sure it is. Okay. Is, is a man-eating, multiple antibiotic-resistant bacteria life it I, is i guess there's no you way could, you can deny it yeah, it's I life mean, it's, it's living right it has metabolism it has enzymatic processes it has proteins being made yes. okay it's life okay so what's inside the mom at six weeks 10 weeks 39 weeks is life okay i think that that's indisputable it's life now Next question that we as a culture and when we're discussing things with our people, with our various friends and families, 
I like to do that as the mashed potatoes are circulating at Thanksgiving dinner. No, I, I don't do that. I try. I, I, I have to watch it because I, I enjoy talking about these things. I know not everyone wants to. but I guess the big question is when does life become sentient? Well, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to follow through. He said, uh, Vice President Pence, what if someone doesn't want that pregnancy and then Prince, Pence argues life? So it is life. I think it's hard to... Correct, uh, yeah. Okay, it is life. Whether it's two cells, eight cells, 16 cells, or 39 weeks, it's life. Is it a frog? No. No. Is it an amoeba? No. Is it a mountain goat? No. It's human. So can we agree? How can anyone disagree that it is human life? And now, so then you ask, sentient. What does that mean now? Why are you throwing around these big words? It's only Monday morning, Not and I haven't had enough coffee. World. Able to perceive or feel things, you know, that kind of. So if you... Drive I mean, I don't remember being in my wife's, or my wife, my mother's <laughs> belly. I don't remember that, but uh-huh. I'm sure that there was a some type of consciousness that I had even that long ago. Well, there's probably some kind of a soul that If somebody had. stabbed me with something, I would probably feel yeah. it, right? But if you were on a ventilator with a traumatic brain injury and a clot in your head that needed to be evacuated... You wouldn't be sentient. Right. And what if I don't want that life? I should be able to pull the plug. No. By the same logic. That's where I have to ask pro-abortion people, where does it end? It is a bit of a slippery slope argument. But, uh, But I admire Mike Pence's, he said, look, our Constitution says the government has an interest in protecting life. Well, I'm going to talk to uh, Greg here, and then we'll continue with these bites after the top of the, after the, uh, the, the break here. Go ahead, Greg. What are your thoughts? Hey, um, hey, Randy, how are you guys doing? Doing well. I just, I, I, my whole problem with the whole thing is how hard is it to um, use birth control? Uh, I don't care if it's a pill. I don't care if it's a condom. As opposed to actually killing a baby or a unborn child. I mean, what kind of choice is that? No, you're right. I mean, and the uh, and the argument is, is that birth birth control pill birth control fails. You know, it fails now and then. That's the counter argument. And that I of course I didn't how, want a pregnancy, so I used birth control and I got pregnant, and now I don't want the pregnancy, and I didn't want it in the first place. That's the counter how argument. How many times? What are the percentage of that don't fail? I don't believe that. It depends on the method. It's so irresponsible yeah. not to use some kind of uh, birth control. I don't care, man or woman. Uh, and so you choose not to do that, I guess because it's too expensive, or maybe there's a shortage right now. Truck drivers can't get uh, the pill somewhere <laughs> or condom somewhere. Yeah. I mean, what kind of choice is that? Well, uh, birth control or killing a baby. Look, I mean, I, it's like I, it's ridiculous. I agree it's with you. And and look, I think everyone knows that birth control can fail any any sentient <laughs> reproductive age individual unless they yeah. have, you know, mental deficiency, yeah, know that. So, that's a risk you take. You reduce your risk of pregnancy of creating a preborn human life. 
by yeah. using birth control, but you don't eliminate it. So when we come back, we'll follow up with Mike Pence's answers, which I thought were right on. They were principled, and they really do make you think. If you're if you believe in this country, the great American experiment in the Constitution, and some of the things that we all assume that accrue to us as citizens. It's an interesting discussion. More with Chuck Todd and, and uh, Mike Pence when we come back on The Gary Nolan Show. We'll wrap it up then. 11.47 on The Gary Nolan Show. Tomorrow, Chris Arps will be in for Gary. And he's uh, of course, does a little hit with Brandon every Tuesday morning. So he'll be on with Brandon Rathard on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Randy Tober in for Gary this morning. So we were talking about the Chuck Todd, Mike Pence interview. And I thought it was, it was very telling about Mike Pence. You know, I, I really admire, I admire... In a way, I admire AOC and Bernie Sanders. Now, you'd say, Randy, what in the, what happened? You've been drinking this morning? No, no, I haven't been drinking. At least you know where they stand and they stick by it and you know where they, you know, at, at least they're not flipping, flopping and trying to pull the wool over your eyes where they stand. Uh, and Mike Pence, from our side of the coin, those of us who are pro-life, uh, you know, he's principled. He stands up to the Chuck Todds of the world. Well, what if they don't want that pregnancy? Chuck Todd says, well, our Constitution talks about preservation of life and, you know, pursuit of life as a number one deal. Our founding documents, our founding, not the Constitution, but our founding documents, the, the Declaration. So they go on and they continue to talk. And here is where I think it gets interesting because Chuck Todd's going down the is it a constitutional right pathway. Listen to this. I'd like to see us redouble our efforts to demonstrate the compassion of the American people, to live out the idea that there is no unwanted child, and that in the freest and most prosperous nation in the history of the world, we can make that the reality. Do you think the unborn have constitutional rights? I, I, I believe they in... They don't in our law right now, but do you believe they should? I believe in the right to life, and is I believe... A, do you believe they, an unborn fetus has a constitutional right? I, look, the, we are protected in this country from being denied life or liberty without due process of law. Bam. And I, I believe those protections should extend to the born and the unborn. So the answer is yes, he believes it should be constitutional. But you see, he turns it into a due process argument, which I think is brilliant. And do you notice, on the other hand, Chuck Todd and others who don't value it as much as those of us who are pro-life do value it? He said, a, a, a fetus, it's just a fetus, it's just a lump of cells, it's just a fetus. Well, of course, it's all in the messaging, and we shouldn't let him get it. What, another thing Chuck, uh, I mean, Mike Pence would have, could have said is, wait, whoa, whoa, Chuck, stop there. You call it a fetus. I call it a pre or an unborn baby. That's okay. Go ahead, Chuck, with your question. But I'm not going let to get, let you get away with devaluing it as ju just a fetus. That word sounds very clinical, very, very cold and hard. A fetus. It's just like... That's how they justify it. Yeah. Remember in fifth grade, you, you didn't, you didn't uh, dissect the, the baby pig. It was a fetal pig. A fetal pig. Remember that? I did that. Okay, let's talk to uh, Don, who's on the line. Then we have one more clip from this interesting interview where Mike Pence stuck by his guns. Don, how are you? I'm Randy Tober. Thank you for calling. I'm doing good. Uh, hey, uh, enjoy your show. Thank you. And I really like it when you and Brian kind of interact and talk together on the show. Yeah, I have a good time. I enjoy that. It's fun. <laughs> he tries to. Hey, uh, he he has a hard time keeping me on task, so that's a good thing. He he does that from time to time. Yeah, he, he has some good opinions too. Yeah, mostly. 
Especially when he hey, says uh, he likes all my long, flowing Fabio hair. I really love that opinion. That's a good one. <laughs> you better put a picture of yourself on the Internet. Uh, it's on our Facebook show page. Yeah, it's there. You'll see. I'm hair challenged. Okay. okay. Hey, uh, I just wanted to comment on this uh, pregnancy thing. And in my view, I see pregnancy, as you said, is, is human life. It's not just life. It's human life. And the question is, is human life more valuable than any other life? And I believe it is. I believe it is for starters because, and now this is from a religious point of view, that we were created in the image of God, and therefore we have value. Uh, he is, a, And it also, everything that we see on God's green earth was created for man's benefit. And so we see that God is a loving, benevolent creator, and when we look at mankind, you literally can see who God is. Most of the time. <laughs> uh, no, I, I know what you mean. We are in the image of God. We fall short of the glory in the image of God. But it is our aspiration in thanks for God's love and goodness to us to aspire to live up to that image of God and restore what was originally perfect. Right. Absolutely. And, and to me. I just, that, God, God designed, look, I, maybe it's because of my obstetric and gynecologic, you know, it's, it's the obstetric thing in me, but what a miracle, what a miracle mm -hmm. it is to have that baby there, and, you know, nine months ago, it was just a sperm and an egg, I mean, it's just mm -hmm. it's a miracle, and, it's and, all by design, and what it's, yeah, it's by a very intelligent design. More intelligenter than we'll ever be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you're right, but <laughs> by the same token, big words too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> thanks, Don, for the for the call. I appreciate it. Um, and and a, a happy Thanksgiving and a blessed one for you. I'm wondering when the media, like the Chuck Todds of the world, think that that fetus becomes a human. Do you I, have any idea? Thing. I don't know because I've heard them ask before, and they yeah. said, "Well, it doesn't matter when the mother decides it's a." It's a baby, then that's when it is. Which leads to that argument that the previous governor of, was it Virginia, that said, you know, well, mom and the doc have a conversation after it's yeah. born. Like, you know, eh, they don't, know. That is an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> hey, for them, isn't it? The fact that our, that our culture doesn't cancel them immediately when they start to have that conservation talk, con conversation, talking right. about cancel culture, it needs to start the other way. We need to say, no, we're just not going to even have that discussion. You've got right. to be kidding me. You're not talking about it taking a perfectly... Uh, and I don't think it really happens in most... I, I, I'm not personally aware of any woman ever seeing a baby and saying, I, you know, I, I don't, don't want the baby. I have seen patients who were disappointed. They look at the baby in the warmer and I say, look at that beautiful, you know, boy or girl. Oh, I wish it was a girl if it was a boy. I wish it was... A, really, I've seen that. Wow. It's disappointing to me when that happens. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. It's rare, but I've seen it happen. Um, and again, that's part of it. It's all about me culture. I had a boy. I wanted a girl. I got a boy. How disappointed I am. That's a gift from God. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. So here's, here is, I think, the secret sauce... Moving forward, for those of us who are pro-life and want to move the needle more towards an abortion-free society, and this is Mike Pence in his, what I thought was another brilliant comment on how our culture should drive our politics. Listen. I really do believe now that this has been returned to the political process, Chuck, that we have an incredible opportunity 
to demonstrate the real heart and compassion of the American people in this cause, to persuade our neighbors and friends to the day that uh, abortion is not only illegal, but it's unthinkable. And when that day comes, then we'll, we'll someday institute in the laws of all there 50 states. There are a lot of women uncomfortable with the idea that a politician will make this decision for them. I, I understand that. I do. He doesn't get it. Chuck Todd doesn't yeah. get it. What Mike Pence is saying, let's get to a point where it's not even a concern, where we as a people have so much p- support for women in crisis pregnancies. And there are women in crisis pregnancies. I see it all the time. And so how, I, how do I deal with it? I don't, I'm not judgmental of them. We talk about the options. I say, you know what, there are some fantastic ways that you can, you can have this baby and, you know, if you choose to. And I can help you get to an abortion, uh, to, to an adoption. I can help you if you, you know how to get an abortion. It's legal in this country. You can get the abortion. That's you if you want. I don't do abortions. That's my choice. That's my own way to personally witness to them. You have to be careful these days when you're on, when you're getting paid by the government. If you're too directive on that, ooh, baby, you could get in trouble. Next thing you know, you'll be having a Colorado cake baker seat on your, uh, a suit on your hand, yeah. right? Uh, but I just try to gently tell people, my gosh, I have their, in, just go to an infertility clinic near you and you'll see people lining up to adopt babies. We need it's to incredible. make. I it's incredible. I mean, how many? Yeah thousands or perhaps even millions of people want to adopt. And you know what? It's sort of a parallel argument to immigration. I think a lot of us would like to see more legal immigration, right? In in a a proper way. Uh, And and I think I'd like to see adoptions be much easier, less fettered fettered with with red tape and bureaucracy, you know. So there's ways to, 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 through the cultural way of persuasion, witness, Adoption, foster care. You know, there's a lot of ways that we can encourage women to make an alternate choice. And in that way, the people will tell the politicians, now we're ready. We're ready to make this uh, a choice that a woman doesn't have to struggle with. And we are going to support her to the hilt. Well, now that we've talked about light, a lot of light topics, everything from what's your favorite Thanksgiving food to ugh, the A word, adoption, abortion, <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad that you were in for uh, a little bit or a lot of it with all of us. And tomorrow, again, Chris Harps will be in for Gary. Thank you, Gary, for letting me sit in. Thank you, Brian, as always, for producing a fabulous show. I'll be seeing you tonight at 4 p.m. We have a lot to talk about on the Tobler Show, so you'll want to listen back then. Stay tuned for all the great programming here on uh, the Zimmer Radio Network. I'm Randy Tobler. And reminding you that no matter what happens... We should continue to talk about it in a civil way, right? And I hope that that's, that's what's great about this, the radio station you're listening to, whether it's KWTO in Springfield, whether it's 104.5 News Radio 950 KWS in Jefferson City, whether it's 93.9 The Eagle in Columbia. We need to have discussion and we need to try to persuade someone with, yeah, banging on the table, but not at one another's personalities so much so that we can learn and grow. And I thank you for listening this day. And I hope that as your Thanksgiving plans and your Thanksgiving uh, festivities occur, you can remember what it's all about. I hear that rounding up, it's, it's gearing up, isn't it? There it is. Thanks again for being with me. Have a great rest of your day.